Stem cell research offers great promise in the treatment of Australians living with diseases, cancers, or physical disfigurement. But with that potential comes concerns over its tendency to being labour-intensive, time-consuming, and expensive. As such, there's plenty of research being conducted that is looking into ways to reduce its cost and time in a way that is both ethical and profitable for those that are investing money into this area. Andrew Herlinger investigates on this episode of Think Digital Futures. When the Albanese government announced on October 11 this year that they would be investing almost $7 million into stem cell research, it wasn't because they were delivering on a political promise or gaining votes. This funding was granted because the government had seen the potential of 3D printing and how it can enable live stem cells to be produced on a larger scale. Stem cells offer great promise in the treatment of many diseases and injuries, from arthritis and diabetes to cancer. As a study, they were discovered almost 40 years ago by scientists experimenting with early mouse embryos. Since then, scientists have taken steps to see if they can alter human embryonic stem cells, with some researchers finding quite a bit of success. And yet, every scientist seems to run into the same time and cost issues that prevent the research from becoming a productive industry. Biomedical engineer Professor Majid Wakini from the University of Technology, Sydney, is one of the professors who has run into these problems. Over the last few months and years, he has worked on the development of a unique 3D printed system for harvesting stem cells from bioreactors. This new technology could cut many of the issues involved with stem cell production at the moment by making it producible on a wider scale. When speaking with Professor Wakini, I asked him why he had started the research and what it was aiming to achieve. The reason that we did it is that we have been working with our industry collaborators uh, over the past few years, a couple of them, one in Singapore and one in Sydney region. Yes. They are all working on, on development of new ways to make the re- stem cell therapy a reality for a variety of people, right? And at the same time, a lot of research is happening uh, around that, uh, ranging from fundamental research to applying to a variety of diseases, uh, and at the same time, regulatory pathways, and more importantly, bringing the cost of stem cell therapy down in a sense that be affordable for for majority of people. Through, through all these discussions that we had, we have identified a variety of challenges and issues in, in context of manufacturing these cells uh, under the CGMP environment, and more importantly, the associated costs that need probably some a smart engineering solution to help to, to reduce the cost for this type of advanced therapeutics. So that's, that's how these things are started in the past few years. We have been building tools for other applications, for cancer diagnostics and also for water research. And when we get to know these people, we realize that we can apply our technology, in fact, in stem cell research too. And, 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 and more recently, with all these fancy advances that is happening in additive manufacturing and 3D printing, we thought that we could utilize those beautiful advances and build something useful for regenerative medicine and how all these stories shape. As a science, stem cells work by differentiating into specialized cells, meaning that they can be used to replace damaged cells around the human body. 
Unfortunately, harvesting and processing stem cells from donors is currently very time-consuming, costly and labour-intensive due to limitations in biotechnology. Traditionally, um, scientists put these cells on petri dish or culture dish that they are to the environment where the cells attach to a plastic sheet uh, and then they grow. But if you want to produce enough cells suitable, for example, for bone regeneration or a fraction inside your, in your bone, or you want to use them for beauty purposes, or you want to use for the cardiovascular, you need millions of them, which is technically impossible that in the footprint of the lab to do that, even in the footprint of a city. Imagine that, just give you to some rough numbers, for a patient who has a bone fracture and you want to do stem cell injection that could facilitate and accelerate that bone regrowth and healing, you need hundreds of millions of cells. Again, to put that in context, that equivalents to a building of few story that you need to put those traditional dishes to could grow enough cells in that capacity to inject to one patient, right? That's not feasible to scale up. This is where the technology of bioreactors come in. Bioreactors are a new method to scaling up the production of stem cells because they are larger systems that can support biologically active environments. As a result, they are better equipped than the small petri dishes that have no scale-up potential. The, the reality is that that 2D environment is not enough to grow enough cells, and that's why from 2D we are migrating to a 3D environment where bioreactor is, right? So bioreactor essentially is uh, hundreds of thousands of those plastics consider that it, but it converted from 2D to 3D in a very small footprint, where those microcarriers that we, we, we put the cells to grow on them play that role. In, in each, each microcarrier is around 100, 150 micron in SARS and can accommodate around 20 to 30 cells. And imagine that if you put just millions of these carriers, you can produce billions of cells easily in a very, very small footprint. I'm talking about few cubic meters, right? That's where all the magic is happening, trans transitioning from 2D that requires a lot of surface and area to a very, very small footprint in that bioreactors. And of course, that bioreactor itself, a lot of things have been done to be fine-tuned to do the job. Components of those bioreactors can be 3D printed. 3D printing is essentially you can consider as a new way of making things, right? If you want to build, I don't know, a part of your car or part of an airplane or, or gadgets in the food industry these days or in the bioprocessing, 3D printing is a new way of manufacturing and prototyping things and, and, and has been accelerated again, advanced research in different industries where we are utilizing it in biotech industry these days, as I explained. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. I could see yeah. how you follow that sort of process in the fact that we have those 2D Petri dishes and they're not what we need sufficiently to kind of grow and build the system that is needed to sort of regenerate. And you need exactly. it on such a higher level, which is why 3D printing becomes so important because it is something that creates it on a much larger scale. And more importantly, 3D printing on its sense, has been applied in many industries. But bringing it into the medicine and building this beautiful stuff is something new and very recent that is happening across the globe. And, of course, we have been doing some pioneering work here at UTS, given the investment that university has done around all these technologies. Um, and, again, stuff that you can do with 3D printing is magical because traditional manufacturing, you, that, those stuff that we build in that is impossible to do it with 
micro machining or CNC or traditional way of building the stuff. That's the 3D printing additive manufacturing that enables you to build those microstructures. 3D printing in stem cell research offers a lot of advantages, with the main one being that it can be used in a bioreactor to grow and harvest more cells. This can be seen by how the UTS one-of-a-kind harvester is designed to process minimal stem cells, a kind of adult stem cell that can differentiate into bone, cartilage, muscle and fat cells. Sajad Vazavi Bazaz is one of the PhD candidates that worked on this project with Professor Wakini. He contributed to the journal of the potential solution that the 3D microfluidic system could offer, and he gave his version on how the process works. Beauty of the system that we have proposed is that our system is like a Lego. So each, if each piece fails, you can easily replace it with the other components. And if you want to add features to that, you can easily uh, add components to that system. So this is the beauty of the whole system. And we have shown that by, by the method that we have developed, we are able to do the scale-up system uh, with the scale that has not been reported in the literature. This is, I believe, the main discovery that we have in the article as well. So, so our article has a couple of um, uh, innovation within that. We have do the whole whole process via a 3D printing method means that uh, all laboratories that have access to the 3D printers can, potentially can can do what we are doing. So that's a very nice way of research for toward the aims that we have. We have make those systems connected together to make sure that those systems are integrated. This is the other novelty. And the second one is that the whole system has the potential of a scale-up. So you can scale the system and you can do whatever you want with high degree of efficiency and purity. Sajad Razari Bazaz says that the new research and 3D printing system breaks down the stages of stem cell production to ensure that it is maximised to its full potential. This in turn has made their research stand out among the other papers for the way that it can combine with microcarriers to allow the cells to grow. The way we look at the system is, to be honest, is different to the way that currently people are doing. So we basically say that all the systems that people in the in the in a biology lab are doing for the harvesting system is uh, depends on doing the cell harvesting, depends on doing the cell separation, and depends on doing the cell concentration. So we think together with in our group meetings, in our brainstorming sessions, is that how? So now we have each functional channel for each system. How we can make the whole system connected together? How we can have an integrated system. This is the main idea. This is the main thing that we have come up. So the article is mainly shows that how by replacing a laboratory research that is always doing in all lab, we can scale up the whole system by perfectly look at what's happening in each stages. So, so basically, the channel that we have developed is um, is designed by three systems that are micro mixing, micro separator, and micro concentrator. We were able to print them and then, like a Lego, connect them together. Combining the microcarriers is only the first step, though. As Professor Wakini mentions, there are several other challenges involved with separating the cells from the microcarriers so that they can be used later.
And that's where inside the bar reactor and those microcarriers is happening. So post-production, the biggest challenge is to how to detach these cells from those microcarriers in a way that they come off heavily, and at the same time, you get rid of those excessive microcarriers, particulate, and dirt that they are generated, so many extra things that you don't want. You want purified cells. And uh, historically, either centrifugation or membrane filtration has been applied. But again, as I said before, they are proven to be either inefficient or cause damages to the cell, causing a lot of problem in industry for, for scaling up this scenario. And that's where microfluidics and 3D printing stuff that we have been developing over the past few years kicked in where they proven the fact that these things are gentle to the cells, the cost is much lower, and at the same time, so we can make the whole process continuous in a way that you don't need to stop the operation. You could have back-to-back -back manufacturing without stopping your process while in interim you're using these things as a cartridge to facilitate that separation purification for you. One of the biggest benefits from the project is that it has created the formula for reducing human intervention. Human intervention during the stem cell production stage can often alter the production and effectiveness of these projects. By having a formula inserted into the 3D printing model, it ensures that the stem cell process operates smoothly with no human error. Sajad Razavi Bazaz again. Our lab is a biology lab. I always interact with the people who are working on on who are working on develop on on doing practical things on the cells. They are doing concentration. They are using centrifugation. They use antibody labeling. All those sorts of things. When I see the protocol that they are doing, I realize that it has lots of human intervention. Means that they have to do centrifugation. They have to remove the cells. They have to substitute. So there are lots of things that they are keep doing there. What 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 we are going to to work is that we have two options. We can make the systems as it is like before like before that we can have a individual micromixer, individual microseparator, and individual concentrator. So it would be the same. People should do, uh, people should use the micromixer at the beginning, second put it into the uh, microseparator, and then to the microconcentrator. So doing this will have lots of human intervention. So one challenge that we have, and it takes a lot of time for us actually, is that how to connect the system together. Because each system has its own back pressure. When you connect them together, you have to calculate what is the resistance within the system. So we have sorted out how to find a, a, a solution, how to find an equation to, to, to compensate the back pressure and can connect the systems together. So now from a starting point, to the end point, people do not need to touch anything. They have to just press a button on, a, on, a, on the peristaltic form, on the syringe form, and then the whole system, the whole integrated system will do the job. That's why we are claiming that the system that we have developed have the minimum amount of human intervention into the system. So it means that the, the person who are running the experiment do not interact with the cells, do not interact with the carriers, do not interact with the particles, which is really good and which is showing the, the benefits and the strength of the research that we have showcased. Given that the formula is the main feature operating the stem cell production through this 3D harvesting, it is no surprise that the process of calculating the formula becomes critical. Attempts have already been made to create a formula and so far there is a theory that governs how the system is followed. 
So basically the formula is on how we design the micro channel and which parameters within the microfluidic 3D printer we are using to create the micro channel. So I should say to your question yes and no at the same time. Yes, because yes, we do the calculations and it's all the calculations are in the article and you can connect it and have the results there but I can say no because the calculation must be done before printing the thing so you asked me a nice question that why the pressure compensation is important it's really important so you know because we are working although we are working on the scale up version but still the whole system is microfluidics means fluid at the micro scale we shouldn't forget that when we are going to micro scale we have different phenomena we have different physics lots of those physics are not even explored so far so we are dealing with something that maybe we don't know what's the physics maybe we don't know what's the function but we should justify and we should develop a formula for that the back pressure and the resistance in our system is too high one reason is that because the material that we are printing with that those 3d printed material are rigid they are super solid they are different with the previously developed microfluidic devices which are based on the PDMS because PDMS is a flexible material and flexible material has its own benefits but our channels are rigid it, they are more robust but the pressure that they in, induce to the system is much higher so we should compensate this pressure when we are connecting the channels together that's how the engineers come that's how we are solving the problem by creating some dummy channels by creating some extra channel to compensate the amount of pressure in the whole system and then we will say that okay the system is now compromised based on the pressure the pressure in the whole channels of the, that integrated system is calculate and is the same to the all now you don't have any uh, any more pressure resistance and the system can work perfectly this is the main channel that we have the main challenge that we have and we can solve it perfectly as for the micro channels themselves it should be noted that the size of the channels has been controlled by the researchers who strive to collect data on whether the formula works in certain scenarios. The results have been positive and are an additional step in the research that they have undertaken. So, you know, the core research of our group is designing microchannels for particle separation, particle mixing, and particle concentration. In particular, my whole expertise over the six, seven years was how to develop and create microchannels for proper mixing and proper separation. So we quite know that what's happening when we are designing a micromixer or when we are designing a microseparator. But designing to the scale that we want was a challenge that we are dealing on that for more than five years. Using the 3D printers and using the methods that I have developed help us to overcome these challenges. So yes, the, ch- the, the micro channels that we are using within that article and now we are publishing these days are totally new. We are uh, proposing a new physics and a new formula for particle separation, concentration and mixing. And now we are promoting on that. The physics that we have found was different to previously published physics because the channels, the particles, 
ideas and the things that we are using are different and they are not explored. And the beauty of these channels is that they are more robust compared to the previously published micro channels within the literature. So all these sorts of um, things help us to to get attention actually and to promote our research and keep doing research and publishing and promoting the idea and the articles. The takeaways from this research are still to be revealed as this research continues to be built upon. One statistic mentioned in the journal was that the new method made a massive improvement in detaching the cells from microcarriers stage, with the 3D printing device removing 100% of the MCs from cell solution while recovering 77% of cells in one round. Of course, there are some loss during the operation, but the, the numbers that we are mentioning is far less than the traditional way of using centrifugation, membrane filtration, things like that. And that 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 some are are some some stats that how this device operate. And of course, this is not a final product, right? It's a prototype to show the proof of concept. And with further research and optimization, you can make the performance ideal for the industry. But even at current format, it, it solves a lot of problems that they have. So that's why those numbers are referring to. The cells that successfully pass through the device have also maintained their therapeutic potential, which means that they can be used for a variety of purposes, provided that they are well-preserved. The system that we have developed here is based on separating stem cells from the microcarriers. And we all know that the stem cells have lots of applications. One of them is in the health research. One of them is in the food industry. The beauty of the system that we have developed is that it can be optimized for different applications. So you can use the system by a little bit adjusting to make it appropriate for those cells that are using for the food industry. you can up, you can adjust the system to be used for the health industry so 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 our system is really versatile so you can use it for any kind of cells i i just don't want to say stem cells you can use for you can you can grow um, i don't know some some healthy cells some patient samples some patient cells some cancer cells on 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 those microcarriers and and do the job within the whole system so that's really doable that's the thing that we are doing here and and that's not far from our system. So that's true. The, the thing that you said is very true. Stem cells have different markets, but the, the promise of our research is that it can be applied to all those markets available. Ultimately, this gadget has ensured that the cell harvesting procedure has been simplified. It minimized the damage and chance of contamination to the cells and has reduced the overall production cost on a large scale. The system has also remained flexible when compared to the current system, making it a full improvement over the traditional modes of producing stem cells. When we print the channel and we want to replicate it to our 3D printed system, we will see that the results that we have are quite different compared to the results that was previously uh, introduced. So, so this is the most challenging, at the same time surprising things that we got. And based on that, we, we, I have to say that we have developed a new field of research and a new field of um, development and investment in our, in our system. So 
we basically realize that when you change the channel rigidity within the system, the 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 the, the performance of the cells and particles within the system will change. That was the building block of the whole research that I'm doing over the past three years. So initially, we you know 3D printing of microfluidic devices is not just you 3D print the system. No. It's much harder than that. You have to develop the whole system. You have to redesign the physique of the system. And that was for us at the first time, at the first really challenging. But the more we go, the more we engage with the system, we understand the system, we explore the physics, and now we are promoting to the country, to the world that, yes, these systems are now generated, created, and can be applied for different industry and different applications. It is suspected that the uptake to this new research will take some time, but ultimately this new research was a major step in cell production. The project has also benefited from the support of the Australian biotechnology company Regenesis, who have provided great support from their position as experts in developing stem cell therapies for inflammatory pain and conditions. Um, so wonderful. So basically uh, what my supervisors always ask us to do is to do impactful research, to do research that has impact for the society. That's why always the research that we are doing are some sort of industry problem or, or something new, something that, that give us value. So our, our, our collaboration with Regenus Company was really enlightening for us. They, they know the market. They know what's missing there and they know how we can solve the market but they want some some engineers some passionate people to come work on that and then solve the problem that's how our combination how collaboration forms so we basically have some a couple of meetings with them have a couple of brainstorming sessions with them they tell us what's the problem what's the current problem in the industry we have looked at the problem at our end since we are scientists and we want to solve the problem based on the knowledge that we have, based on the things that we have developed, then we come up with the solution that we have. So I, the good news is that Regionist is not the only company that we are collaborating. So now we are collaborating with different companies and different research groups throughout the in the country and all over the world, actually, I'm sending my channels, some channels to the Germany, some channels to the, for example, here to the Adelaide. So I want different people from different groups use our channel, see the benefits to their research, and then they can use it in their applied research. This is our ultimate goal and our ultimate end that we are doing right now. It is expected that Regenus will continue to support these UTS experts in their expedition for improving this industry, which no doubt has a lot of potential. Think Digital Futures is made possible with the support of 2SCI Radio, the University of Technology Sydney, and is heard around Australia on the Community Radio Network. Think Digital Futures is made in Sydney, which sits on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation, whose sovereignty was never ceded. You can subscribe to Think Digital Futures wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Cameron Furlong. Thanks for listening.